All right, Coach, we're going to do something that we, I don't think, have ever done before. Oh, boy. I'm going to surprise you with the topic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, but go ahead and introduce yourself. I'll introduce myself, and then we'll dive in. Hey, this is Greg McNeil, and um, I am the owner of Coach's Corner Empowerment Center of New Mexico. Room. Um, I'm a doctoral student right now, life coach, funny man. And all around, you know, assistant to those searching for dreams on the planet. That's who I am today. And sleepy. You've been yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, my uh, name is uh, Sherry Wilson. I'm Coach Greg's partner in crime. And uh, that's what we both want to do is help people. Uh, I would say where things click. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, hang on. I can do what I have been born to do, my passion. So I love that. I'm also a very determined individual coach, I've decided this week. Um, mm-hmm. I had to hunt one of my clients down and get some things Ooh. taken care of. And I, it was funny because I was actually worried about him. But I showed up at his place of work and I said, are you here? Because I am. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There you go. That's lack right. of communication. And you know what it was? Messing with my work. Messing yep. with my work, coach. I do not <laughs> like that. And uh, anyway, but I, I was. I was really concerned about them. And um, and it was a, a, a beneficial meeting. But I told him, I said, now don't make me show up here again. Because, you know, I got things to do. And, uh, and I was like, man, I am determined, you know, but I, I actually had been very patient coach. I'd waited 10 days. And once my questions weren't answered by anything else, I just showed up. But, uh, so here's what I want to talk about. Cooperation. Cooperation. Did you say? Yep. Oh, Mm -hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's what I was thinking. So. And and just so the audience knows, usually what we do is I tell coach, hey, I'd like to talk about this. Or he says, hey, I got this on my mind. Or we both show up and we have no idea. And then we start talking. It's like, hey, let's talk about that. And and so I was thinking about our work this morning and our current, you know, intensive students. And I'm like, man, you know, when I think about I've got probably two relationships that survived moves and one is my best friend so we've been friends it'll be 21 years this year and she moved to Colorado um, when Kent was like 10 and and he played with her son and daughter and they were they were pretty close and that was actually a very difficult um, move for me because uh, we, we are we were kind of like, you know, sisters, really. And um, she was my only close friend. And uh, I remember I was sick, you know, just the thought of her being gone and not get to see her a couple times a week and our kids play together. And then I was like, man, you're acting like she was, you know, put in the ground. So I straightened up. But, and so we made a commitment, you know, each um, week we visit, Uh, We've done that for 21 years. Uh, I go to see her. She comes and sees me. Um, I remember I went up and helped her, you know, unpack and move in and stuff. And the only other one is you. 
So I started thinking about that and I'm like, okay, so we have obviously a combined goal and life purpose of helping others mm-hmm. with the work that we mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And it also requires cooperation. And that word in itself is interesting because co is together and operation is operation, operating together. And so it's like, when I think back, so we've been working together, let's see, so training was before with the kettlebells, but as far as like in this regard, is it four years, five years that we've done business together, but this specific work I think has been two. Wow. Two or three. And I cannot think of a single time when we've not been like, hey, I can't get together at this time. Um, Do you have any time next week? Yes, I do. Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, the like the um, the connection of, you know, coach, I really think we're not supposed to start our intensive. And you're like, yeah, me too. You know, so just being on the same mindset when it comes to our work, that takes cooperation and that takes obviously commitment but i think the cooperation factor is some of the secret sauce so that's that's where i was at right like i'm like you know that's pretty cool because he lives in albuquerque and we've still been able to do our work with no hiccups we've continued the podcast i mean so anyway that's what i was thinking of and so it's like okay what are some of the elements that are required for cooperation? Say it's in your home or it's in the workplace or an organization or a board that you might serve on. And so I wanted to throw that out there to you. And, and normally coach, he gets to thinking, he throws a few truth bombs before we go live and stuff. And then I have to say, coach, I'm not lying. Let me go live. So anyway, I'm throwing the ball to you, coach. That's what I was thinking of. So what, you know, how does that work? How can you, because I think it's one of those laws of success, is cooperation. How can you facilitate that? Um, I think one of those is a shared vision, mm. right? And... um and that shared vision should at least include something that is beneficial to all of those that are concerned, mm. right? Because that's the whole point is shared. I mean, if it's not beneficial right. to both, then it's not shared. Yeah. Or, or to all. Yeah. And uh, and even though, and when I say all members, right? So I don't want to imply pleasantries, but a shared vision. So, for instance, like the shared vision may involve difficult choices that produce some constriction. Let's say on an individual, couple, group, or society, there for a time. Yeah. Right. Um, but if everybody understands the vision, then they'll be able to relate to the circumstances. 
So almost like a learning curve. Like when you start something that's cooperation, there's a learning curve. You're learning how others operate and think, how you fit all that. Oh yeah, there's a there's certainly that curve to it. But I'm just saying, for instance, like when we talk to their to our clients in the intensive, um, we create a shared vision, which is their chief aim and what they want to achieve, right? Yeah. So collectively, we have a shared vision of all achieving their unique chief aims. But collectively and individually, they also have to deal with other factors in that process, mm, yeah. right? So, so for instance, they have to go backwards before they can go forwards, right? And and sometimes going backwards may involve something that may be a little bit uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Um, but when they understand the vision, then they're their perspective on what they may be dealing with will, will will be reflected in their decisions and thinking going forward. Now, that's just one aspect of the shared vision, right? Yeah. Um, because what you said as a learning curve would be it, a learning curve would be in that would it would be embedded in that shared vision in that sense, because it's like you have to learn how to think differently. You have to learn how to establish a new habit, right? Yeah. You have to learn how to talk to yourself differently. So those are all curves of learning. So I would agree. You know, right? I'm thinking, Coach, about you know the the client of mine that I had to hunt down, and I I shared with the students. You know, it's like, um, and that's why I brought it up because one of the things is this client. I there's a relationship in several organizations, and um, it's like we have a shared vision, especially really strong in this one area. And so when I was on the way, you know, it's like, okay, why are you really mad? What's really making you mad? Because the money, I, that didn't bother me. Um, and I, I knew it was, I was being ignored. So then I had to ask myself, do you think he's doing it on purpose? And it's like, well, no, I don't actually. So something must be wrong. Now, I still acknowledged I was frustrated and irritated, and I let him know I was. But then my next question was, what is going on? So if it wasn't for that shared vision and the cooperation that's required, I might have approached that in a totally different way. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, there's, without a shared vision, you lack a connection. And once you lack that connection, then, you know, it's, it's lifeboat ethics after that. Every person for themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah. So I would say for me, so it, you know, like there's a shared vision. And when I think of a shared vision, again, it has to have those elements. To, it's got to be clear. Everybody has to, everybody, that shared vision has to have clarity. So maybe clarity could be the second thing. Um mm-hmm. You know, so that everybody understands. There's no, huh? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Um, it's like, no, you need to make sure that you understand because if you don't understand, you're not able to take the next step mm-hmm. because you're, once we use language of not understanding and we take another step, then 
we're in a sense saying I'm forfeiting my ability to be responsible because I don't fully understand, but I'm going along with it anyway. So we're going to say, no, then you're not operating in a shared vision. Then you're operating on something else. So let's go back and clean that up. You might be in personality now, right? Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's back you up. So let's make sure that you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> you know, so you say you want to elk hunt. Elk hunting is not deer hunting. Deer hunting is a pair of tennis shoes, a stand. Make sure you can dress warmly, sit and wait. <laughs> you know, and you could probably get through that with a few hundred dollars. And if you live in one of those states where they got deer running around like rabbits, right, then, you know, it's kind of like you run out your back door. That's what I was about to say. You could just sit in the backyard in your lawn chair and coffee and yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So the minute you say you want to elk hunt, you know, well, the, the first thing that comes out of your mouth um, after that phrase is you're ready to spin. And then it starts with T-H-O-U. S-A-N-D-S, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. right? <laughs> That's funny. So there's like this greater commitment and obviously of resources, but it still amazes me how people will spend that kind of money and not prepare. And that has a lot to do, and that's a big thing when it comes to shared vision too. Ask Robert and he'll tell you. He takes a client out. Um, one of the first things he has to do is to make sure that they're on the same page. Yeah. Because if he's not on the same page or if the, the client is not on the same page with them and, you know, talking and, passing gas and doing things like that and just being, you know, like thinking they're still in the city. And the next thing you know, Robert is like, you know, you, you just chase that bull off. He's now going to be, when he stops, he'll be six miles from here. I never thought about <laughs> passing gas messing with your elk hunt, but I could see that. <laughs> see, so let me just say this just really quickly, right? Let's just say this. Um, for the listener, <laughs> at the highest levels of any endeavor, mm -hmm. I don't care where it is across the planet, at the highest level of any endeavor is always skill and mastery. Yeah. And understand the context in any situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you apply that to the hunting environment, now you're talking about forces and activities that are far beyond human capacity yeah. like you, you know like the guy doesn't realize you got out of the vehicle you don't realize that you parked at the wrong on the wrong side of the mountain at the wrong time your smell uh, went up the hill and you don't even know it that the animal smelled you they're now eight miles away. You get to the top of the hill and you say, well, where are they? It's like they picked you up about 45 minutes ago and you never know it, right? Yeah. Because you haven't really prepared. You just had an idea. Mm -hmm. You had some money, you had an idea and you went on a hunt. But that's why it takes a hunter nearly 10 years before they can harvest an elk. Mm -hmm. And that really is skill. And so if you're a solo hunter, your shared vision is then knowing your environment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But not to be funny, but when you're in a natural environment, sound and smell is 
life-saving. Mm -hmm. So guys get up there and they just go, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that that sound in the forest is an unusual sound. Mm -hmm. and the animals are saying, hey, in nature, they don't wait around for that. They, yeah. don't, like, they don't ask, what was that sound? Did you hear that? That sounded like a human past gas. They don't do that. They just... <laughs> You just hear all of these trees and everything like that. Bushes breaking down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That that clarity is interesting, Coach, because it's so funny. I, I wasn't even thinking about this, but this conversation is so perfect. Um, I have a meeting later, and there's some fuss going on in the, this group oh of people, and the fuss is that two of them knew we were meeting yesterday. The rest of us had no idea. And so now they're like, we said it. And I was like, no, you did not said it when I was there. You did not said it when he was there. And obviously the third person had no idea, idea either. So the only people that knew y'all were meeting were y'all. Well, now, you know, everybody's, you know, fussy and this, you know, and it's like, calm down. You know, this isn't tombstone. Calm down. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to meet, but it was a lack of clarity. And what's interesting is it was so clear in their mind, and I've done this before, that they thought it was communicated and made clear to others and everybody else was left in the dark. And then what's ironic is we're the ones that messed everything up. And it's like, no, you did not communicate what was clear to you. Yeah, I know that I know a little bit about that. I have to be very careful when I'm speaking with my wife because I can um, start the conversation in my head and then <laughs> I'll start talking to her and she'll she's looking at me and I said, oh, okay. Um, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, you catch the elevator to 33rd floor. I've been here already. Sorry. Okay, let me back up. But yes, yeah, so shared vision and clarity. And I think um, communication would be next on that on on that topic. I'm going to shoot for harmony okay. first. And so what is I'll harmony you, to you, coach? So harmony is the ability to recognize that your shared vision, right? That your shared vision is the principal goal. And that assuming that we are all in line with the shared vision, then we adjust our behaviors accordingly, mm. right? <clears throat> Kind of like because, I did on the way to find my client. Yes, because for instance, you can have a shared vision. It could be clear, but you could still have somebody within the group saying, well, I, I get all of that, but you know, I want to do this, right? They want to go this way mm -hmm. and they're pretty intent on doing something else because they might feel it is their, their right to do so. Well, it's true. It is. They can go and do something else that they like, but that may create discord. And when you create discord, it also affects your communication. It also uh, impacts the the cohesiveness of the group. Yeah. Um, the dyad or whatever, depending on how many there are. And so, again, this is why I was saying <clears throat> in uh, the 
the shared vision, the shared vision has to be or most likely is going to involve a requirement for adjustment. Yeah. Right. So if we say we want to make changes, yeah, we want to make changes. Well, that means that you're also willing to make adjustments. And so and and you're going to get out of the quick um, fix sort of like mentality, right? Because the quick fix just means you're going to be doing it again down the road. So there's a lot of different things that are adjusted in that shared vision. And so everybody has to be on board, which means that all of those different personalities have to find a way um, to come together. Sort of like in the Tower of Babel deal before somebody decided to blow up that unity, right? But it was like, yeah, you have to, you have to be able to have some harmony. Otherwise, um, you're going to have discord, and you're going to have discord in your communication, and then you start to have, you know, fragmentation yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I I can see that from um, the lack of clarity and communication. Um, you know, trying to impact the group I'm meeting with uh, today. And just for the record, Coach, you know, the reason their languages were blown up is because, you know, they wanted to do something that was not a shared vision with the creator of the universe. <laughs> you know, you know, if you if you don't want to think in terms of systemically, you don't have a shared vision, right? Right, yes. <laughs> Because everything is everything around us is a system, right? Mm-hmm. And if we don't understand the system, then we can't make changes, including our own system, our own individual biofield, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, what do you think's next? So, what? Where are we at? Shared vision, clarity, harmony, communication. Right? We haven't tackled communication, but if you've got one before that, because I'm. Oh, I would. I would. I would say that I, I'm I'm cool with the communication coming after the harmony piece, right? I want to because I'm saying harmony is going to affect our communication because yeah, when we say communication, what are we really saying, right? What are we saying with the communication? The communication, right? So, um, if you if I look at a graph, the shared vision is the centerpiece, um. And everything else energetically is going into. So I just got a different vision. I we we have a garden, mm-hmm. right? So here we go. We have a garden. So the garden is a shared vision, and the water, right? The water is everyone's combined contributions, thoughts, feelings, actions, behavior, harmony, communication, all of that is being poured into um, the plant bed to, you know, like to, you know, water, nourish the plants, right? So that would be, that's how I would see that actually working, right? They all kind of like funnel in together because the shared vision is the principle that we're aspiring to, right? I think also in communication is not speaking at or over, but truly listening and then responding. Yeah. Because like, for example, um, 
so when, you know, you're like, okay, so I'm, you know, moving and all that. Well, um, you know, and I've shared this before on another podcast, I, I w- was really struggling, not had a lot of people keep their word. And, um, and so I had to openly and honestly share with you what I was feeling, uh, which was not easy. And then you, I remember you paused and then you addressed it. And so I think, um, if you would have gotten defensive or whatever, I've been like, okay, done. I'm not doing anything else with this person because they did not hear what I was saying. Therefore they're not Mm -hmm. safe. And so that tells me that if we continue in the shared vision, that eventually that is going to go away. Um, so, but that, that communication was, you know, you weren't speaking at me. You were not speaking over me. You listened in fullness. You got what I was saying, which I call that listening between the lines. You have to hear what people are not saying, and then you can properly address it. But too many people either have their response, you know, ready to go, or they think that they're being rebuked when they're not. And that's all egocentric. Yeah, you know, so for me, it's kind of like, shut up. What is she talking about? You understand what she's talking about? Now answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so, you know, there's probably bad, you know, like uh, radio, right, or podcast, but it's like, I I pause because it's like, I think it's very important because um, words... Um, are like an artifact, right? Mm-hmm. They they come as close as they can, like the avatars people try to create for themselves, but they can never really convey the real energy in the intent. Mm, the relationship, good. the relationship is where you pick that up at, right? It's like we pick it up in the silence, like a bird is picking up on its feathers. Hey, it's time to, you know, fly out of here, right? You know, yeah. the weather is... Well, in that communication, it's like, you know what? We have a relationship. This is what I'm listening to. I'm not listening to the, you know, the words. I'm listening to the relationship, right? Mm. Um, I honor the relationship because that had a larger communication impact than just the words, right? So... Yeah. So uh, words being artifacts. So when I think of an artifact, I think of something that points to the past that gives us a little insight, which now coach, see, (laughs) good grief. See, you do this to me and then I get to thinking, okay, because yes, it can point to the future, but you, like, if you think about an artifact, let's say it's, it's, um, uh, archaeological, right? And so you, you have this artifact that you find and, you know, you study it, it's pointing to something, but you never really know exactly the experience surrounding that artifact because you're not there. So when I think about what you're saying, it's like, okay, so words are artifacts, which if you look close enough and you put it in the context of the relationship, which would be the experience, then you'll actually hear and understand, hey, when she's saying this, 
this is an artifact of no one has ever done what they said they would do except maybe two people. And right. You know is what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it comes after the thought, mm-hmm. right? The thought and the feeling comes first and then the words come out, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. but the the delay between those two is so infinitesimally small we just think that it's just it it just came out fluently right yeah. but it, it didn't the other the other occurred um um in some cases below the threshold of awareness hmm. right interesting interesting okay so i have one to add okay so with communication I feel you have to have, and I I couldn't decide which one, so actually I'm going to throw out two and let you pick up which one you think. I think humility and vulnerability. I would, I would put humility and vulnerability as two of three legs on a tripod. Okay. You know, and what's the and, third leg? <laughs> uh, well, let's just call it love then. Okay. Right? Vulnerable. And um, because <clears throat> humility and vulnerability are intangible, right? You pick that up. You just can't say that you are humble and you are vulnerable. You know, you just can't speak those words because if people don't pick it up from you, they don't care what you say. You might as well be um, performing artists or something. Yeah. Right. So I'm saying when you think about it, humility is something that if I have humility, this is something that you would pick up from me by the way I carry myself. Right. Yeah. But conversely, if my mouth was always open talking about how humility how humble I was, you probably would think that I was. Mm -hmm. Right. And the same thing with vulnerable. Right. You know, when you're when you're dealing with something vulnerable, when you hear it, because, well, you just got through talking about it earlier when you were just saying, hey, look, there's two people, my best friend and now coach that I've been around these years that have kept their word. Right. Well, when you when we had that conversation in the studio, that's what I heard. I heard the vulnerability that was leading the communication. Right. The artifact was it was it was referring to something else that you had experienced. Right. But it I'm calling it an artifact because it still came right after the thoughts you had before you came to me with it. Right. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. those things were already present first. So the, the words were are just the way we try to express what it is. Um, and I think we understand that no matter how eloquent we are with the language, there comes a place where the spoken language won't do, mm-hmm. right? You can tell somebody you love them all day long, but um, there is a moment when the person that's experiencing that knows it from you beyond your words. Yeah, And that's when they know it's happening for them, right? Yeah. Not the person that's saying it but the person is actually receiving it. 
Yeah. Right. Well, that's like uh, my client that I had to hunt down. Uh, I love my client. And mm-hmm. so because I do, I was able to say, you know, you're not really mad about that. You're mad about this. And do you think he's in it on purpose? No. And, and so that, you know, like that is only because I love him. And then what's interesting is the guy that has the, the, the most difficult time adjusting to him, because he's not easy to adjust to and he knows it. Um, they're actually a little bit more alike than I think both of them want to admit. But um, he doesn't know him like I do. And so his thoughts toward him tend toward negative. And so, you know, I have to be like, okay, I have to go through the experience I've had with this person. I've done business with this person since 2017. This person has never, ever behaved in this way. Something is happening. You know what I mean? So I was able to take the, the past and come to a different conclusion where if I didn't acknowledge those things and pay attention to those things, it might have gone differently. So you've got the humility. I was being vulnerable and telling him he was irritating me because that could have upset him. Um, but we both love each other. And so, you know, we were able to have that conversation and come out better. And there's go, that's what I mean. So those are the three pillars on the tripod. Good. You know, I mean, I know for me that. So when we talk about these what we've been talking about shared vision clarity harmony communication humility love vulnerability uh when i think about all those things um i i like to think of myself as moving through these processes Mm -hmm. simultaneously infinitely in a finite uh, moment in time continuously all day every day i'm constantly going through it so when i try to tell someone that when a thought comes to you explore it that's my practice Mm -hmm. but i recognize that some people may not do that because it's not their life way or practice but this is what and you could say in a sense I'm born to do this is a part of my visionary practice and regenerative leadership, right? I need to show you how to do that because it actually connects you to your world uh, more genuinely, more practically than you might have thought before. Because the thing that you don't know how to connect with alienates you. And once you have a sense of alienation, um, you are dealing with a level of vulnerability that you do not know how to, uh, how can I say, you don't really know how to conceptualize it in, in, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. You So you make war against it, right? You make war against fear because you don't really know how to deal with the fear, but you fail to understand that while you think you're making war, you're actually a cat chasing his tail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I have one that might sound contrary to all we've talked about. Okay. But sometimes cooperation requires, and I don't know any other phrase, it sounds a little bit harsh, but cutting off. Oh, see, I was thinking ass kicking. That's what (laughs) came to my mind. That was the word that was coming to my mind, right? So 
I am famous for saying this. I am not a nice man. <laughs> I'm a conscious one. Uh -huh. I'm a loving one. Uh -huh. Right? Uh -huh. But I'm not a nice man. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, so, like, what does that mean? What, like, because I—that's how I feel. It, like, I like we don't don't mess with our work. Niceness See? goes away. <laughs> what exactly? So, what we are really saying is that we are people of the present, right here, right now. So, if you say something that you know is full of, and you know it before you said it. Or you you knew before you took the action. Um, if you are accustomed to people that do not address that for you, that might be who you call nice. Yes, but yes, if, okay. But if you're doing it to the people that are talking on this podcast right now, you might have some hurt feelings, right? Because it's like it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, we're no, we're not. It's like, hey, let, we get so. To go back, one of the things that I wrote is crisis and conflict are not negative. That is conditioning. Crisis and conflict are elements that lead to growth. Consciousness will determine how we respond to a potential conflict or crisis, which you have already explained in the three legs of the pillar, humility, love, and vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. Um because not every crisis or conflict is something that means that you have to be going to war over. You might think you have to, but when you sit down and you really think about it and you come back to the middle and say, what is really happening? It's like, wait a minute, what am I responding to? Am I responding to ghosts, to thoughts past or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Hang on for a second. So, yeah. And having said all of that, um, if you behave in a way that requires correction, then you should expect to be corrected. Right. You should expect to be corrected. If you are not expecting to be corrected, you have not reached the level of maturity that you need to. That might sound like a smack, but that's sometimes you just have to understand that we we have to recognize that we're constant learners. There is just simply no way that you can know any and all things on this planet. Come on now, cut that out, right? Yeah. You don't even know what constitutes the soil underneath your feet, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. how could you possibly know about the bigger things in life? So I'm just saying, you know, with that in mind, we just have to be mindful of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're doing. And since we're in that space that we're constant learners, and that means it's like, oops, hey, I made a mistake. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, help me out here. Um, there's many different ways to do that. Um, again, the person is going to be decide, right? If you're hard-headed, correction can feel kind of difficult. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you're just completely and totally difficult, then you're probably going to be broken by it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But if you have a high willingness to learn and a high willingness to accept change, when the correction comes in, you take it and go. And the next thing you know, you're at the next level. Yes. Right? Yes. Otherwise, do not pass go. 
Coach, I, I, I've been trying to keep my face straight because, you know, this is a no BS podcast and I've had people, you know, tell us, man, some of the things y'all say, it's like, oof, you know, because it hurts a little bit. But I've got to give a shout out to Drina because she is one that she would take the things that we taught in the intensive and just put them to work. But I was thinking about her too yesterday because I saw her at the gym and she said something that... <laughs> I just looked at her and I walked off because I didn't have any words to respond because it was stupid. And, but she knows, and she laughed because she knows she's done the same thing to me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know why I didn't think of that before. It's just, that's where we are. But, you know, one of the things on that not being nice, um, it was two uh, sessions ago on the intensive and one of the students said, I was hoping you would give me a pass. (laughs) And I instantly, because this is what coach y'all have heard. If you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, you shall not pass. And I, (laughs) so I took your word or your phrase. I said, "Uh uh-uh, nope, coach is Gandalf. You shall not pass. And we made that student respond to the question. (laughs) Right. If you don't respond, you're hiding. And they didn't hire us to be nice. No, they didn't. And this is this is this is what we're talking about. Um, there is really living this life, and then there is having a, a projection in your mind about what you think your life is actually looking like. So there's a difference between the reality of the life that you're actually living and your concept of what that life is. Yes. And somewhere in the middle is the actuality, right? Well, our goal, we were hired to help people to marry those two apparent disconnections. Yes. What you, where you actually are versus where you really, where you think you are or where you want to be, right? So we want to help you to be able to do that. You don't get to do that without correction. You don't get to do that without being able to see the things that you need to do. I mean, classic case. I'm in a graduate program and getting my doctorate. Every new semester that turns around, I can say, damn. (laughs) That's what it feels like. But guess what? It's a lifelong learning process. I can't know everything from this point I am. So it's going to keep coming. I signed up for it. right? Now, if I don't want that level of education, then all I have to do is turn away from it. Mm-hmm. But if I turn away from it, I have to recognize what I'm really saying because I can't make it about the the educational process. I have to put the truth where it is. It's about my willingness to learn, my willingness to accept change, which involves me uh, doing what is required for me to achieve that particular goal that I said I wanted. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so... This is what we're doing. So if we're living that same life um, that people are coming to us with say, hey, can you help us? Then you have to do the same thing too, mm-hmm. or we're not a good fit for them, right? Exactly. Exactly. And All right. Punt- oh, go ahead, coach. No, I just started to say, we've had to punt. Mm-hmm. We've had to punt some. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's like, no, we're not going to go there. 
that's not where we need to go. Or, hey, let's go there because that's kind of where we need to go. Yeah. And it's, you know, in the fact like our students are so willing um, for that. And I think it shocks them <laughs> when they get to work because people don't realize how intense that level of change can be. And so, but once you get it, once you get it, it is, it is so set in you that, you know, there's nothing you can't do. I mean, it's amazing. All right, coach, I don't have anything else to add. Do you? I, I do not. Um, other than I'm glad you're tuning in, keep tuning in. Um, it's a great life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I do find it funny that maybe my subconscious was, um, educating me, but, um, that cooperation, I didn't even think about the meeting I have today. And so I'm going to take these notes just in case we Mm -hmm. get any little fussy bottoms. You know, we don't want any doc holiday saying, you know, I'll be your huckleberry or whatever the hell that means. And, uh, you know, tombstone. we don't need any of that. (laughs) 